Hello and welcome to this edition of our AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong, and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, along with my AWS co-hosts from around the world, we'll act as your ambassadors to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS Solutions Architecture prototyping teams. Every episode, we provide you with a roadmap to innovation in technology solutions. We're so glad you joined us on this journey. On this episode of Innovation Ambassadors, we're showcasing the journey of Saffron Passenger Innovations, the creator of award-winning in-flight entertainment and connectivity systems installed on thousands of aircraft around the world. We'll hear about their collaborative efforts with the AWS prototyping team to modernize their architecture and overcome the challenges of massive scale and limited connectivity with the power of the AWS cloud. I'm excited to welcome from Saffron Passenger Innovations, Mike Walker, Director of Software Development. Mike, thanks so much for being here with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for having me. And from AWS, we have our Senior Prototyping Engineer, Tamal Jayakumar. Tamal, thanks for being with us again on the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure meeting you. Mike, for our global audience, can you tell us a little bit about what Saffron Passenger Innovations does? We do in-flight entertainment and connectivity systems. So uh, if you've been a passenger in an international flight, for example, and have been watching movies or reading material through a seat back tablet, likely it's our platform that's providing that uh, service to you. Fantastic. And this you're providing to carriers across the, the world? Yes. Yeah, so our customer is actually the carrier themselves. So they will pick us as a in-flight entertainment and connectivity solution and we will be line fit at either Boeing or Airbus into the aircraft for them. Each installation is obviously tailored to that particular aircraft and to the features that the customer would like. I think most of our listeners will have probably had an opportunity to use your systems, not even really realizing it, right? Tell us about this modernization and transformation initiative that you've been working on. Coming here was a unique experience for me. I've been here a little over a year. I accepted the challenge of working in a in-flight world. Typically, systems are connected or loosely coupled, but in this case, we're completely decoupled while an aircraft is in flight. So being able to provide services and monitor the systems is, is extremely challenging. So coming on board here and discovering that our application stack is really a monolith, which has many, many challenges, one of which Challenges is not being able to uh, push out updates or features quickly to the field. The nature of the monolith is such that we have to rebuild, retest, redeploy, and uh, aircraft typically aren't on the ground that long anyway because they don't make money when they're sitting on the tarmac. So um, looking at that problem and, and trying to find a way to be able to start to break up the monolith, the first thing that pops up is, okay, if you've got an update, how are we going to get it on wing? So that's kind of when we reached out to AWS through a few problems their way, this being one of them, and trying to brainstorm and come up with a potential solution. And as I understand it, the current way you get those updates on wing is a very manual process. Is that right? That is correct. Believe it or not, SD cards are sent around and an engineer will have to go and insert that SD card into our server, so to speak. And, uh, click a button uh, for the updates to happen. 
So that is a very manual process. So being able to push updates out to aircraft wirelessly is extremely important and impacts the bottom line directly. It'll save us a lot of money. And there's no reason why meal menu updates and other changes like that to a system should require an engineer to visit that aircraft each time. So tell us a little bit about how you came to work with Tommel's team. Sure. So I had reached out to uh, AWS, like I mentioned, through our solutions architect and our account exec and asked for some guidance. They put us in touch with the prototyping team and we presented a list of potential problems to solve with that team. And we went through some iterations of what might be the best thing to tackle first, looking at priorities and things like that. What we're calling smart pipe is actually what came out of that discussion. So Tom will take us through a little bit of how you approached coming up with the right scope and the right success criteria to show Mike and his team the art of the possible. Most of the optimization that could have been carried out is in the manual process of copying content to an SD card and someone actually going into these flights and inserting the SD card and getting the content loaded to the service. The first thing that we thought of scoping is uh, how can we make this process automated and how can we start transferring these files directly from the cloud to these servers. Then came the second idea of what will happen if these flights start moving around and there's no connectivity and how are we going to maintain the bandwidth. And that's when we thought about why don't we convert uh, each one of these SCU boxes or the service in the flight into a Greengrass core device itself so that everything that we want the server to do can be done in a more managed way and we can get rid of so much of undifferentiated heavy lifting, especially around security, communication and upkeep of all these servers. Talk to us a little bit about the scale, Mike, that you're operating at. These devices are in every seat back throughout the planes. Typical aircraft configuration would be that there are multiple servers, what we call SCUs, in the aircraft, so two or three of those. And then each seat back is essentially a tablet uh, running a, a distribution of Linux. So international flights, there's typically three or 400 seat backs. So in a given aircraft, just from what we call RDUs, the seat backs and the SCUs, there could be 400 or 500 devices and on top of that, there are other pieces of hardware in the aircraft that we actually sell and support, like the power supplies, the audio jacks, and things like that, which will be ultimately using the smart pipe because our intention is to actually deploy Prometheus on them and to be able to start gathering metrics and real-time data and putting that into a data lake. Wonderful. So you're talking about hundreds of devices on hundreds of aircraft at any one time. Hundreds of devices on thousands of aircraft. And those aircraft, as you know, have multiple flights per day. Right. So the scale quickly almost grows exponentially. So talk to us a little bit about the architecture, Tomal. How did we handle that scale? What were some of the elements that you brought in to ensure that we could scale properly? We wanted to definitely competentize a lot of things that's, that's going on on the service. The first thing is we wanted to see if we can build custom Greengrass components that addresses this SD card file transfer mechanism. So there's always a service that keeps running in the servers, irrespective of whether the server is connected to the internet or not. And as soon as the connectivity is established again, the Greengrass core device with custom components built from our team will then be able to get 
the job instructions on what files it needs to download, what does the content type look like? Is it going to be a mail menu or any update that requires further smooth running of the systems? And as well as collecting logs and information, and then it can transfer all this information back to our AWS cloud using AWS IoT Greengrass Core and AWS IoT Core. And then uh, we also thought about how to visualize most of the things that are happening in these SEU units. So we built a, a something called a dashboard manager component that enables to drive customized visualizations and UI in an omni-channel way so that we are always informed on the status of the service. And that dashboard might be such an important part of showcasing what's actually achievable, right? Yeah, uh, that was really a, a hidden surprise that came out of it, as you know, we all know a picture's worth a thousand words, but having that live demoable user interface was worth 10,000 words. It really helped uh, demonstrate to the executive team the power of the solution. Most folks, when you start showing them a command line interface or something like that, they just immediately tune it out. But this dashboard really allowed them to visualize the power of the solution up to the point where when I started here, one of the pie-in-the-sky comments from the CEO, who is actually quite visionary, was, why can't we update our fleet of aircraft like Tesla pushes updates out to their cars, right? So this prototype example actually solved that problem for them in a way that we are actually uh, engaging with AWS ProServe to build out some of the components and deploy it out to the field, uh, hopefully within the next six months. It's always great to see a prototype set the foundation for multiple different systems and the ability for you to expand that. Yeah, this really is a, a core bit of functionality for us to move into the future. It actually lays the foundation for us to be able to modernize our platform stack out in the field in incremental ways without having to do a, a big bang deployment, so to speak. That modernization and that sort of microservices approach, I'm sure, resonates with a lot of our listeners where there's so many systems that have technical debt, those monolithic architectures that need to be broken up so that you can be more agile and responsive to your user community, right? That is correct. We often talk in this podcast when we approach innovation and experimentation that there's usually challenges along the way, something that didn't go as expected or challenges we had to overcome. And having that mindset of being okay to fail and, and pivot and do different things and experiment with alternate ways of, of approaching a problem is really part and parcel to how we think about innovation. I'll start with you, Tomal. Was there something here that was a particular challenge that you had to overcome? One challenge was the uh, the SEU units are not like your conventional compute units or your media gateway servers or internet gateways that are typically used in an Internet of Things project. This is a much more complex device that sits there among so many other complex devices in a moving equipment in an aircraft and on all the avionics uh, is, is, is really mind-blowing once you get a closer look at things like this. So the first challenge was to understand the SEU unit itself and try to build something that is easy to maintain scale and also to debug. What we did is we created a, a custom Greengrass component pipeline that enables Safran to break up their complex task into smaller units and build components and deploy these components into these SEU units. This way, it'll be easier for them to manage each one of those individual components as opposed to a monolith. The second challenge we had was, like how Mike was pointing out, is to envision or to pictureize 
uh, how and what is happening inside each one of these SEO units. So although the dashboard manager was initially not in scope, we thought it would be a great help to for ground operators and developers to envision what's really happening in all these SEO units and how can they organize their files, their configurations in an omni-channel way and then start the upload process. And once the upload process is happening, because this is a bandwidth constrained environment, we had the challenge of what happens if these flights go out of sync and how will they know that they need to transfer the data back to the cloud. So we implemented uh, a feature where these file uploads and downloads can be paused and resumed at will based upon bandwidth availability. So these were some of the challenges that we had in the architecture side of things. How about you, Mike? Any uh, challenges you would point out? Yeah, a challenge that, that was actually solved was the ability to decouple, so to speak, the uh, communications transport layer from the application itself. So we can use cell modem connectivity, we'll be able to use satellite connectivity, and if all else fails, we can fall back to pushing an SD card inside of the SCU. So we're not really losing anything either. So that was the big plus, because if, if everything falls to pieces, the existing way that we support the hardware and the aircraft can still be implemented. Also, to, to speak more about the fleet dashboard, that actually will wire or complement into our uh, CICD pipeline that's coming up. We are building out a parts list, so to speak, of all the software components that would be installed on an aircraft, and that will drive our CICD pipeline. That list or manifest, if you will, be part of that fleet dashboard, and we will be able to push updates out uh, like the meal menus and, and validate that the, the current menus on the current aircraft, we can push that out in a way that broadcasts to everybody or just down to one particular tail number. Mike, where are we now? You mentioned some of the additional work that your team is doing in conjunction with our professional services team to further build out this prototype concept and, and build it to hopefully production scale where you can release that to the carriers. Talk to us a little bit about where we are and, and what your next steps are. I've got a, a team of software architects here that are very engaged and very forward-thinking. Uh, so they've been working on the, the larger scale implementation of this. So in addition to that, we've got uh, AWS ProServe engaged to actually build out the AW bits, if you will. And we are also leveraging a couple of other development partners, one to help us with the CICD pipeline, uh, another one to help us with test automation. Since most of this will be kind of web-oriented, uh, we'll be able to do a lot of virtual testing offsite. Obviously, at the end of the day, we've got to test with actual hardware here locally, but that will speed up our, our development process. I want to thank you both, Mike and Tomo, for joining us today and sharing a little bit of the journey that you had together. I'm wondering if you have reflections, I'll start with you, Tomo, for our listeners on what you learned or what you thought was particularly interesting or a takeaway from this engagement. What seemingly looks like a very easy technology when we go to the flights and we watch the movies and we get all the meals ordered through the IFE systems, we think it's very simple. But when I got an up-close view of how complex the systems can get and what are the constraints uh, an aircraft has in delivering this value to the customers who onboard the flight, it was really mind-blowing. The second of all is um, there is a radical shift in how we started envisioning AWS services to benefit the customers and, uh, and not just thinking from a 
pure technical angle but also from a usability angle and, and sustainability angle that was something that was really uh, new for me and I, it was a great learning experience and mike for you final words what would you share with our listeners who might be undertaking a transformation journey of their own one thing that's always impressed me is that the way that aws managed services are built and architected and and maintain their own path and forward looking for anything that you might be looking to to build or implement being able to have things broken up into manageable chunks that have their own lifetime uh, is something that they should do it just makes sense to me also just like to throw this tidbit out there you know AWS is is a cloud service provider but in our case we actually build and deploy and run software that is in the cloud so we're just uh a little bit different in that respect. So, we are truly in the cloud. That's a great way to end our podcast, Mike. Thank you for the work that you're doing to improve and entertain folks across the globe, and thank you Tomal for being here today and sharing the journey with us. Always a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you so much. Yes, it's been my pleasure, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS Media Series. Look for future episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at #AWSInnovationAmbassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.